Welcome back to part two of this two-part episode all about my journey from leaving my desk job to becoming a remote worker and starting a business from my RV. If you listen to the first part of this episode, you'll hear all about the journey from 2016 through 2018. In today's episode, I'll be kicking it off with 2019, one of my best years in business, all the way to today and what I'll be doing going forward. With that, let's dig right in. Welcome to the Remote Work Retirement Show. I'm your host, Camille Attell, and this is the only show dedicated to remote work for semi-retirees, people leaving the workforce, and people working in retirement to help them have peace of mind that they can live how they want without the fear of running out of money. So let's get into 2019, what I like to call my banner year in business, because I thought I finally figured it all out. And it was an incredible year. So a couple things happened. I got very focused on remote work school. I felt like emailing people was all right, and I was writing some blog posts, but I really needed to step it up. And so that is when I learned about launching, doing things called launching a product, as well as launching using webinars. And I think you're familiar with webinars. You've probably been to them. You sign up for free, you get on them, you might learn a thing or two, but a lot of people say they're a big giant sales pitch. And I understand that. I've been to some of those webinars. That is not the webinar I do. I offer lots of value in my webinars because I can. I come from corporate training. I come from a background where I understand what it takes to create great educational content. So my webinars and my online trainings and free trainings are pretty stellar for free things. But that aside, I learned how to launch using webinars, which meant I had to also learn how to do webinar technology and video and how to do lives on Facebook. So more and more technology I had to learn. However, the very first launch I did with a webinar in March of 2019 produced $22,000 in revenue, which was a total shocker. I had no idea that I would produce that kind of revenue. I wasn't planning on it. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just followed what somebody taught me about launching with webinars. I did raise the price of my uh, remote work school at that point. It went from $47. I think I sold it at one point for 97, but for this launch, it was $197 and about a hundred or so people bought it. And while that was amazing, I was also totally overwhelmed with having to serve a hundred people because I didn't understand things like how to serve a large community. I had just followed some plan that somebody told me to launch something and gosh darn it, it worked. And um, while that's exciting, it's also terrifying when something works that well and you're not prepared for it. And so I just kind of like, I, I was scrambling. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. People were asking me questions in a Facebook group and I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to get to them in time? And in hindsight, I probably stressed out way more than I needed to because I've learned since then that there are ways to create a community that can be not totally self-sufficient, 
but that can help each other out and it's not all on you. But I didn't know at the time, you know, it was just like, whoa, this was crazy. But because it worked so darn well, I did it again. I did another webinar launch in June of that year live, and I produced exactly the same amount of money, $22,000. Now, the difference in that launch is that I actually changed the price. I decided, well, why don't I change it to $500 and now I'm going to offer coaching with it and let's see how that goes. Oh, and why don't I just throw in a backend membership site while I'm at it? So I have learned that I am an ideas person and it seems like my go-to is to always be testing something. And while testing something is good, I have figured out that there are ways to test things that are a lot more sane and sustainable than the way I was doing it back then. Now let's talk about this $22,000, which I made in March in roughly a week and in June in roughly a week. That sounds probably pretty darn impressive and exciting. And it was, of course it was. I mean, shoot, I'd made $8 on, you know, a book I sold the year before and, you know, a little money here and there and some summits and all that. But $22,000 off my own product, what? That was just so new to me. But here's what I want you to take away from that. That wasn't money I earned in a week. That was money I earned because I had been at this for, you know, at that point, solidly a year and a half at that point, learning how to blog, learning how to build an email list, learning how to communicate with people, learning how to build something and price it. So that was a snapshot in time that represented the byproduct of all the work I had learned and done and implemented. Now, the beauty of that is once you learn how to do it, you can repeat it over and over again. Of course, that's not what I did because I like to experiment and change things up every time. But still, I did really well in 2019 launching Remote Work School. I also um, got back together with the Full-Time Freedom Week team. And this time we did a massive Full-Time Freedom Week, both in person and online at the same time. And it was amazing. It was such an amazing summit. It was hard, but it was fun and exciting. And the fact that we all could be together in person while also producing an online event at the same time was kind of crazy, but it was a whole lot of fun. And so a lot of cool stuff happened in 2019, but here's also what happened in 2019. And this is the part where when I started this episode, I said, I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you. Um, so at the same time that my business was growing and all this great stuff was happening, my body started to break down. I started to develop some health issues and I, I've never had health issues in my whole life. This was completely foreign to me, totally new. I really didn't know what was going on. Could have been age. Who knows? Could have been a number of things. It could have been stress because I was definitely stressed. I mean, think about it. I'm in an RV. 100% of the time with my husband, traveling, running a business, running events, going here to there, going to Thailand, going to Vietnam. I mean, I'm all over the place at this point, right? And so there's a part of me that thinks I probably overtaxed my system, but regardless, it was such a difficult time to go through when all this great stuff was happening in my business while wow, all this terrible stuff was happening with my health. And it got to the point where I remember distinctly after full-time freedom week in November of 2019, I was in Texas. 
We were getting ready to go on a cruise because, you know, throw a cruise in there, why don't you? And um, I wanted to go get some lab work done at Quest because I was really trying to get to the bottom of this. And briefly, my symptoms were massive insomnia, not the kind where you toss and turn all night, the kind where you don't sleep for three days. And that turns a person crazy. Massive brain fog, inability to work, couldn't focus, very anxious. This is just weird stuff that you know I had never really felt before. So I go to Quest Labs to get these lab this lab work done, and for whatever reason they decided they were going to be closed that day. And I'm standing in the middle of Walmart, that's where it was, and I have a panic attack. I have a full on panic attack that I'm not going to be able to get these labs done today which means uh, when am I going to get these labs? When am I going to get these answers? And, and really, when are, when are these symptoms going to go away? That's all I could think about. All I could think about was if I can't function, I can't help people. And I'm telling you, I know that my purpose on earth is to help people. This is what I'm born to do. This is what I want to do. And I have helped so many people. And all I kept thinking was if I can't help people, then I have no purpose. Oh, and I'm t- and that that spin, that mental spin over and over again in your head. If you if you relate to that, is just that that's no good. So, for those of you listening to this, if you uh, experience chronic illness, chronic pain, some sort of autoimmune disorder, some kind of something that you haven't gotten to the bottom of, or maybe you have, but you're on a healing journey. I am right there with you. That is what I have been doing for the last two years. Uh, Today, I feel pretty good. Um, I have come a long way. Uh, Maybe in a future episode, I'll talk about what I've done differently to do that. Am I out of the woods? No. Do I even know what's going on? No, I do not. Uh, But I have learned things like prioritizing my health, uh, prioritizing myself before anything else, because if I'm not healthy, then nothing else really matters. So that happened in 2019. So a couple of lessons learned there is I have learned that I'm a big picture thinker and I have a lot of vision. And I'm also someone who likes to make things better, like improve them. So my instincts are always to fix things, improve things, make them better, which makes me a really great person for a startup business and a really terrible person for someone who's scaling a business because I've learned that I get in my own way. So if you're a creative type like me, if you're an ideas person like me, if you're constantly throwing ideas at the wall to see what sticks, if you try something over here and the next month you try something else over here, I get you. I am you. I am like you. But I'm telling you, that's good in the beginning but it's not good when you actually figure out that you're making progress. Because when you figure out you're making progress and you get that traction, you double down. And that's where I think I went wrong in 2019. I was constantly changing my launch model and constantly changing what I was doing. So the traction that I did have, I went backwards because when that health issue happened, I had not built anything sustainable. So that was a big, tough lesson in 2019. If there's one thing I wished I had done differently, because, you know, you look back and you say, oh, I wish I had done this differently or I regret that. I don't regret a lot and I don't have a lot of those. But the one thing I do wish I would have done differently is followed the launch model I had followed in March of that year. I wish I had just kept doing it because I just would have gotten better and better at it. 
Now, I can stand here today and tell you, I don't want to launch like that anymore. So I would have probably given up on that anyway, but I wish I had done it more and better uh, just to improve it, not only for myself, but for the people who come in and work with me. Because launching like that isn't the best experience for everyone. It certainly isn't for me. And I think for the people who are part of the launch, meaning they get your emails every day, they go to your webinars, that can be a really uncomfortable experience for them too. It might feel like pressure. It might feel like they're not ready, but you're putting all this you know, language in front of them that forces them not to do something they don't want to do, but maybe they're not ready and they do it a little earlier than they would have liked. So I'm now at a much better place where I'm looking for a very different kind of of way of working with people. Okay. Uh, lastly, in 2019, again, more technology I had to learn. I'm not even going to mention the names because now I'm up to like 15 different technologies. But here's what I can tell you. I accidentally built a beast. I built remote work school. I had built a community. I had courses on this platform. I had built this beast and I basically had collapsed under the beast of what I had built. And so by the time 2020 comes, I was ready for a, something new. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, there has something has got to be better than this. So I'm going to talk about 2020, but it's going to go pretty quickly because not a lot happened. Uh, 2020 was just a continuation of not feeling good. And of course, it coincides with COVID. Also, my husband and I decide we really need to take a break from full-time RVing. We had been at it for three solid years. We had covered 43 states and over 43,000 miles, all while reinventing ourselves to work remotely. Summits, travel, you know, businesses. He's got his own thing. I got my own thing. It was a lot. And so in 2020, we're like, I, I need a break. I need to go see a doctor. That's how I was feeling. I got to take tests. I got to know what the heck is going on. So most of 2020, I spent just trying to like figure out what the heck it was I really wanted to be doing. There were things about what I did that I liked. There were things about the type of business I was running that I didn't like. I definitely started to let all the other stuff go. I didn't want to do freelance writing anymore. I didn't want to work for other people anymore because that was just getting very difficult to sustain. And so in 2020, I didn't do much in terms of trying to bring in revenue from remote work school. But I did do one really critical thing that was really important. I made my first real hire. Now, I had hired some contractors earlier um, in 20, I want to say 2018, 2019. I had hired some people to help me do a, a few projects here and there. But in 2020, I was like, I need help. This is tough stuff. So I actually hired my first virtual assistant, Nicole who also had absolutely no online business experience. She was a teacher and um, she got through an interview process where a hundred other people applied. So there's another tip for you. Again, always apply to something if it interests you and you have even a little bit of the skills that you needed. She had like the littlest bit of skills. Honestly, in hindsight, I think I was just like, please, someone come help me do this business. But I'm so grateful that she came in and helped me because not only did she help me, I mean, we helped each other really figure out like, what is this business going to look like? But in a way, she held me accountable because there were times in 2020 when I really, really wanted to give up. I really didn't feel good in 2020. There were 
whole weeks where I just was like, I can't even work. Maybe I work an hour. Maybe I try to work two hours and it was just tough. But what kept playing in my head was, but I am responsible for Nicole. Then I pay her paycheck. Like I need to get up. I need to show up. I need to do what I can do. And I'm going to pay her before me. And I'm so grateful for that because just having someone else there that can not only help you, um, but is patient like Nicole was and uh, gives you that accountability is massive. So I do credit her with the reason I'm still still going at it today. So that's mostly what happened in 2020. Now, I did one more launch in 2020 because, for quite frankly, I was running out of money. I wasn't doing much. I wasn't producing much. I was barely blogging at that point. I wasn't promoting much. I mean, they're just... Uh, Things were my health was directly correlated with the health of the business. So this is another lesson I'll talk about here um, when I recap that year. But I did a launch because I had to, and that's never a good place to be to have to do something like a launch or whatever else it is because you need to bring in revenue in a business. But what I did learn was how to make a launch a whole lot easier and fun. So instead of doing all the bells and whistles and the automations that go into launches and just all the this and that, I decided to just have fun with it. And so I spent about a month kind of gearing up for the launch, just telling people it was coming, doing some lives here and there when I felt good enough. And that launch produced $36,000. So, hey, you know, little better than the years before. Not huge. You know, I'm not talking about six-figure launches that you might hear about. I'm not talking about million-dollar launches because, quite frankly, let's get real, I would not even know what to do with something like that. If I had hundreds, if not thousands of people coming into my program, there's no way. I'm not set up for that, right? And I probably never will be. I, I think I'm coming to the realization that that type of business that's not going to work for me. And it's not going to work for the people in my programs. I have high touch coaching. And that means I need to have space for people to ask me questions directly and work with them. I don't want to shove people into a Facebook group and never get their questions answered. I really don't like programs like that for myself. So I'm certainly not going to create that for other people. So at the end of 2020, uh, I had decided I'm rebuilding everything. I'm basically starting from scratch, except my blog. I wasn't going to rebuild more than a Wheelan because no way. But I was going to rebuild remote work school, which I really didn't love the idea of. But honestly, I felt like it needed it. We're in a completely different place now with the pandemic. Remote work looks completely different than it did when I first built it. Um, where I think remote work is going looks totally different. You can learn more about that in episode two. And by this point, I had helped so many people, really over you know 500 people at that point, that I knew exactly what people needed. I knew where they got stuck. I knew what they struggled with. I had done you know loads of interviews. I had done surveys. I knew what people wanted. And I also knew exactly the price point that would work for the majority of people. So I wanted to rebuild everything from scratch, which takes us to 2021. So here we are in 2021 at the time of this recording, it's December. And what I think is so amazing is that in about December of 2020, I had sat down and I had penciled out what I wanted this business to look like. And then I actually recorded myself talking about it. And then I started playing that back like a podcast. So yep, I was listening to myself 
tell myself every day what this business was going to look like a year from then. And so here I am a year later, and that is exactly what I have built. And so 2021, I decided was going to be the big year of discipline and sustainability. And I got to tell you, I do not like the word discipline. I'm a creative. I'm an ideas person. I want to try stuff. I want to experiment. I want to tweak something over here and see what happens. But that got me into trouble when I kept running a business that way. And so I guess you could say I grew up. I grew up and decided I'm going to build something that is truly sustainable for me, truly sustainable even without me if something happens to me, and something that really serves people at the highest level. Because again, I'm here to help people. I love it. I get a lot of satisfaction from it. And I really love being a part of people's journey. And I feel honored when when I get to do that. And so I wanted to build something that would um, actually be lasting. So what I did is Nicole and I got to work literally starting from scratch. We built a brand new brand. By now, I have a new website called camilatel.com. Still working on it, but it exists. I rebuilt remote work school from the ground up. I literally got rid of the old one. It's still out there, but I don't send people to it at all. I hired an instructional designer named Tiffany. She was actually a member in remote work school, and that's what she's doing now. So I hired her. I love it when I can hire people who have a skill like that or a skill I need from remote work school. It's it's awesome to be able to like give back and actually be able to help people in my own business as well as refer them to other businesses, which I do. And we got to work and we built stitch by stitch the whole thing from scratch, which is no easy feat. This time, it took me about seven months. Why? Because I was really intentional about how I wanted to build it. I wanted it to be world-class training. That meant I wanted it to look and feel like something I would have built when I was in corporate. And in corporate, I had a whole team of people helping me build stuff. But I wanted it to be that level of quality. Why? Because there's a lot of crap on the market. I can't tell you how many things I have signed up for and I go, wow, this person is charging this much money for this. I'm not kidding. $2,000 for this course if the person basically, you know, turned on a camera and started talking and I've got to watch, you know, 40 hours of them talking at me. And I get it. You got to start somewhere, but oh my gosh, there's a lot of that out there. And I don't want to be that. I want to be high quality, high touch. So we created video lessons, audio lessons, transcriptions, workbooks, coaching, referrals. I mean, we have covered every possible thing we can because, again, I want to create something that is really highly valuable for people. Also, we created standard operating procedures. Every single process and procedure in my business is now documented. It's documented on paper, and now we're going through and documenting it on video. And the reason why that's so important is, again, if anything happens to me, this business could run without me. That's important because if people are investing with me and I'm not there, what do, how, are, how is it going to keep going? And so I've set that all up so that if something does happen, a health issue or something else, God forbid, the thing can move on. The, the thing can last. People can still get the help they need. Also, we did that just in case Nicole decided to go out and get herself a new job, which at the time of this recording, I'm sad to say she has done. (laughs) But I don't blame her. She's been with me for almost two years. 
Nicole came into a startup business. I don't know that she knew that. I don't know that I knew that. And she was thrown into the absolute eye of the storm of a million different things. She started as a virtual assistant and she's worn so many hats. I can't even begin. She's done website work, customer experience work. She's done video work. She's done transcription, uploading, communicating in the community. She does community work. She's done everything. And so I think she's at the point in her journey where she was ready to say, you know what? I got a lot of skills now. What else can I do? And honestly, I couldn't be happier for her. This is what I wish for everyone, which brings me to another lesson learned. In the remote work world, that's reality. Working for someone for a couple months here or a couple years there, I can't believe she even stayed with me two years. Quite frankly, I might have quit a year ago. So you have to really be prepared to take new opportunities because it moves fast in this world. Like, are you going to get one job and stick with that job for the next, you know, three, five, 10 years? The odds are no. And so you've got to be nimble enough to kind of, you know, roll over here, roll over there, take something new. But more on that later. Let me finish 2021. I did do a couple of launches, but this time I did them as lean as possible. I come from the world of lean startup, actually. And so I decided to apply more lean startup principles to my own launches. So now I don't do a lot of work in the launches. I'm not trying to be big and splashy and be everywhere and be on social media and do all the TikTok. I don't do any of that. I simply work with my email list. I tell them what's coming. I invite them to my free training, and then they make a decision if they're going to join or not join. It's that simple. It's so much more manageable. Now, do I think I'll continue doing those launches? I'm still looking for another way, but I can't let go of them completely. I'll probably run a few more, you know, maybe two of those in 2022, but my goal is to run something that really gives people the option to join remote work school at any point in time not just when I feel like opening it, right? I mean, it can serve anyone at any point in time. So I really want to make it more available all the time. Here are some lessons learned. Lesson learned. Sometimes you got to slow down before you can speed back up again. So I learned that business growth can be good and bad. You know, people say, wow, you had all that growth. What a great problem to have. Well, not always. Not if that great problem costs you your health. Not if that great problem might cost you customers who don't have a great experience. Not that that's happened with me, but it can. Not if that thing, that great problem causes you stress or your virtual assistant stress. Not if that great problem costs you something else you want to do in life, like travel. And I know that this happens to a lot of people who get on the road and travel, who start blogs or YouTube channels, is the challenge of how do you balance it all? You you left something to go do something new. Maybe you left a job to travel in an RV or do something else, but now you're just working more on your own thing. And so sometimes you've got to take a step back and be more intentional about, well, what is it that you actually want to create that sustains a lifestyle that you're looking to live? So that's the lesson I learned in 2021. I had to take a step back and slow down. And the last lesson I'll share with you about 2021, just to kind of recap it, is I am actually returning to my roots of blogging. And this is why I wanted to bring up blogging today, because it's a really good example of 
when I started off this episode talking about how I was blogging and getting all this traction, but then I got pulled in all these different directions. And one big lesson that I want to share with you is if you start something and you start to see that that thing is working, go all in and stick with it and get it to a point of sustainability before you add a new thing in. I'm not saying don't have multiple streams of income if that's describing you or, you know, don't have two or three different projects coming in. What I'm saying is, yes, you have to allow for a little bit of the experiment, but when you see that something works, double down, do it go in, like really commit to it and get it to a point where it's sustainable, that it actually frees you up to then go do the next thing that brings you that other income. And so because I know that blogging works and it was working for me, and I do need to get back to that organic traffic. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, organic traffic comes to you through things like blogging, It can uh, happen through YouTube and some of these other platforms. It can happen in social media, but it's a little harder on social media. But things like blogging, things like YouTube, you know, those things are forever. Those things last on the internet until, you know, the internet goes away, which is never. And so, you know, being, having a long-term strategy like that while I do some of these other things like social media, and of course I've started this podcast and uh, or maybe you're watching it on YouTube, all that's great. But if I don't have a footprint, um, really with something more long lasting and sustaining, then I'm always going to have to be chasing down people. And I don't want to do that. I just want to be more visible. I need to be more more uh, available to people where they are. That means I need to be in a few more places. And that means I also need to create ways for people to find me. This podcast being one of them, but also the blog being another one. In fact, more than a wheeling, I'm just simply rebooting that blog because I already have a pretty strong foothold in the RV space. So yeah, I have now two websites, which doesn't make me super excited, but you know what? It is diversified. And that's one other thing I've learned. Now I've gotten to the point in my business where I really do understand that you have to diversify your sources of business income or remote work income the same way you have to diversify your investments if you are an investor. Okay. I know I went a little long today, but let me wrap up with some bigger kind of summary takeaways from this episode. There are five of them. Number one, the journey to remote work is a journey. I think that Sometimes people think that it might be as simple as I leave this job over here and I go get this job over there. And that can happen, but it's rare. A lot of people leave something, go try something else and they don't like it. Or they try this something else and they realize that the boss they're working for is a clock watcher. Or they realize that maybe they like it for six months, but what they really want to do is start their own business. So I think the more that you can embrace that it's a journey and be willing to try some things, it's a good thing. On the flip side of that, I think I could have saved myself a good two to three years by really what I said earlier, committing to a couple of things and going all in on them instead of throwing myself literally at everything that crossed my path. So that's number one, remote work. It's a journey. Number two, focus on no more than two things at a time. So this is kind of an extension of number one. Like if you want to start something, go ahead and start it. And then if you feel like, well, I want to start something else, okay, maybe, 
But here's, here's what, don't do more than that. Like do two things. Like that could be a blog and then maybe that's a YouTube channel or maybe that's a blog and maybe that's some client work. What I like to tell people is the best setup is do something where you can make money now while you build something for money later. So for example, turning your skills into a service where you can help clients. So if I use myself as an example, one of those early jobs I got was creating training for the escape base. That wasn't hard because I had those transferable skills, okay? That was money for the immediate term. So for you, maybe that's a job. Maybe you take a part-time job doing something while you build something for the long term that could potentially become passive or at least gives you another opportunity so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So that's the second thing I would tell you. Number three, you may have heard the phase that perfection is the enemy of the good. And I agree with that a hundred percent. I am a perfectionist or no longer. I'm not one anymore. What I have learned is you will never ever, never, ever, not even a little bit, ever reach perfection in the remote work world. Whether that's a blog you do, whether it's a business you run, even if it's working for somebody else, perfection simply doesn't exist. So don't let it be the enemy of the good. But here's the flip side. The flip side of that is chasing too many ideas is also not a good idea. I've already given you a lot of examples of that. And so people like to talk about shiny object syndrome. Oh, I'm chasing this over there. I'm chasing that over there. And I have shiny object syndrome. No, you do not. It is not your fault. People want you to believe that it's your fault if you have shiny object syndrome, but it isn't. You just happen to be watching a lot of people or listening to a lot of podcasts or watching people on YouTube or getting ads in your Facebook account or Instagram or wherever, and you're constantly getting bombarded with ads or ideas from people that tell you this is the next best thing. It's very hard for our brains to defend ourselves from that and say, well, that isn't the next best thing. I'm going to keep my head down and plow forward. But that's what I'm telling you to do. Keep your head down and plow forward on something. If you know that you chose it for a reason, and you're making some progress with it, try to block out those messages. You don't have shiny object syndrome. There's just some really darn good marketers out there. So anyway, perfection is the enemy of the good, but so too is uh, chasing too many ideas all at once. Number four, network, network, network. This has never been more important than it is today when you're online, when you're working remotely, Um, if you listen to this episode, you will hear that probably about 80% of the remote jobs that I got before doing my own business all came from networking, networking with the escapers, networking at the RV Entrepreneur Summit, networking with that digital nomad community, networking online, networking in Facebook groups. So, so critical. It doesn't matter if you want to get a job for yourself for someone else, or you want to start a business. It doesn't matter. You have to network. And if the only way that you're looking for a job right now is on online job platforms and you're not networking, that's probably why you're not getting jobs. And if you are going to grow a business, you're going to need to network there because you're going to want to do collaborations and partnerships so that you have access and visibility to more people. And finally, number five, I cannot stress this one enough. It is so important that you start now, today, with reinventing yourself for remote work. 
I don't care if you're saying I never want to do remote work, although that's not you because like, why would you be listening to this podcast, right? But if you're sitting at a desk right now, you're kind of doing something on your own and you're like, I don't really need to worry about this stuff for the next year or two or whatever it is for you. I'm here to tell you no, because one of the biggest problems I had when I got into remote work was all that technology learning curve. It was humongous. And while I'm not standing here saying you have to learn all the technology I did, I don't want to scare you. I think a lot of that I just brought on myself. You are going to need to learn some things. There's no way around it. I mean, Nicole, she came out of the teaching profession and was just thrown into an online business where I was like, peppering her with Slack messages and, oh, we work on Asana, uh, which is a project management tool. Get on Asana. Put this in Google Drive. Let me share this with you in Dropbox. Uh, Hey, let me Voxer you this message. I mean, she never complained, but I bet you there were days where she was like, holy cow, I don't know any of this stuff. And so that is a very common theme that a lot of people tell me is about technology. So here's what you can do. Learn some really basic stuff, like learn Google learn where to store things in a Google Drive so that you can share things with people or learn Dropbox because that's where you can share files. Maybe learn one project management tool like Trello, which is a very user-friendly, easy thing to use and is free. Learn some really basic graphic stuff like Canva. And I'll put some links uh, in the show notes if all of this is new to you because Canva is so easy and anyone can use it. If I can use it, anyone can. So the the moral of the story here is you've got to at least dip a toe in some of these technologies because if you do get a job offer and you are thrust into this world and you don't know these tools, you're going to feel very stressed out. So those are just a few of the ones that I think are really popular. So Google, Dropbox, Trello, which is project management, um, Canva for some graphics. At least you're getting started with some things. And then you can put those things on your resume, which will help you really get some more traction with employers if they're looking for remote workers or clients. If you want to work with clients and they want to know, well, you know, do you you have a Dropbox account? Can I send you files in Dropbox? You want to be able to say, yes, yes, we can do that. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know it was a little bit long. But I hope that you found some value in it, learning a little bit more about my story and um, how I got from, you know, left my desk to where I am today. I'm super excited about 2022. I'm excited about the sustainability that I have now and the people that I can help. And that is my mission. My mission is to help people who are semi-retired, working in retirement, leaving the traditional workforce, be able to find remote work that helps them bring in that income that they want and need to live a flexible lifestyle. With that, we'll call it a day and I will see you in the next episode. I've got some great episodes coming up. I've got some guest experts coming in. So stay tuned. See you then. 